Coming up, the 50th APRI National Education Conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota, just outside. We're going to speak to some of the leaders and delegates next. Activate Live starts now. Activate your voice. Activa tu voz. Speak up, speak out, get involved, get involved. Engage-toi, take action. We're union and we're proud. Welcome to Activate Live. I'm Tanya Hutchins with the Machinist Union. We are on location just outside Minneapolis, Minnesota for the A. Philip Randolph Institute's National Education Conference. It's the 50th anniversary. While registration starts today, delegates are beginning to arrive and we'll speak with some of the leaders here in just a moment. But first, some labor news. The Machinist Union and IBEW have reached a tentative agreement with General Electric. It offers significant improvements to the company's proposal that was previously rejected by the members. The IAM addressed retirement needs of new employees. Both the IAM and IBEW are recommending that the memberships vote to accept the latest offer. Each IAM local lodge will hold ratification votes Friday. Well, IAM International President Bob Martinez and IAM Midwest Territory General Vice President Steve Galloway visited the Regal Beloit strike line in Valparaiso, Indiana last Friday. They presented members with a $10,000 check to support their efforts. More than 100 members of IAM Local 2018 have been on strike for affordable health care and better wages for more than five weeks. Well, we are on location at the A. Philip Randolph Institute's National Education Conference just outside Minneapolis. Now, APRI is the AFL-CIO's oldest constituency group. And joining us now is APRI Chairman Fred Redmond of the United Steelworkers. So thanks for being here, Fred. Thank you, Tanya. Thanks for having me. And before we begin, I just want to say that I want to congratulate the IAM on their tentative agreement with General Electric. Thank you. I know that was a long struggle, and we're glad to see that we got it done. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Well, we are here on the 50th anniversary. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about APRI's founding. Well, APRI was founded uh, by Aza Philip Randolph in 1969. And uh, Mr. Randolph, after a long career, in the civil rights movement and then the labor movement, decided in 1969 that he wanted to enshrine his legacy by uh, creating an institute to continue the work that he have um, done over the over numerous years in his uh, career. Uh, as we all know, Mr. Randolph was the first black international president. Where he was president of the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. He was the first African-American to sit on the uh, AFL-CIO Executive Council. Uh, he was the coordinator of the March on Washington with Dr. King. So in 1969, uh, Mr. Randolph decided that he wanted to create the Institute to continue his work and what he called the Black Labor Alliance. And Mr. Randolph felt as though issues that's important to labor should be issues that's important to the black community and issues that's important to the black community should be in, uh, issues that are important to organized labor. So in order to continue that work, in 1969, he called a group of people together and they started the uh, A. Philip Randolph Institute and our first president was Bayard Rustin. That is amazing. And Bayard Rustin, a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, haven't heard of Bayard Rustin and they start to research, research the March on Washington 
and who coordinated behind the scenes. And I think, you know, his legacy is starting to come out more for a lot of people that didn't know. Yeah, and, and, and the Institute, we feel very strongly that the work that Bayer Rustin has done, you know, we take a very active role in terms of promoting the work that Mr. Um, Rustin done and also educate our young people on the great achievements that Bayer Rustin contributed to the civil rights movement. Can you believe that 50 years has gone by? 50 years. 50 years and the struggles still continues. Uh, we started as an organization primarily devoted toward inclusion in the American labor movement and we have expanded to an organization now where we have over 98 chapters throughout the United States and we also not only work as an advocate for the labor movement but we also do work in our communities where we live and work uh, particularly issues that affect uh, the black community. So what is the mission this week? Why are we all here? Well the mission this week is to make sure that our members and our chapters are energized, they mobilize, is that they have a clear vision. Our goal is for people to leave here with a clear vision of the problems that we're facing as a community and as a labor movement in the United States and to make sure that we have a strategy going into 2020 where APRI, the best work we do is voter registration, voter education, and voter mobilization. And we want to make sure that we leave here uh, with people fired up and ready to go so that we can change the dynamics of this country. And uh, so our goal this week is to make sure that we have some dynamic workshops, which we have lined up. we got some dynamic speakers coming in who's going to talk about some of the issues of the day. And our goal this week, as I stated, is to make sure that our chapters are engaged, are ready, and leave here and do the work that needs to be done. So the chapters are meeting. I understand each union mm -hmm. is having a caucus as well. Yeah, on uh, I believe it's uh, Saturday. On Saturday morning, each union will uh, hold a caucus, and uh, you know the purpose of the caucus is so that the unions can strategize on what they want to take back to their regions and to their international unions and their locals in terms of uh, trying to get that partnership to engage with APRI to do the work of the labor movement. So we'll have international union meetings on Saturday and we'll also have regional meetings for the uh, APRI locals. Now, I'm going to let you go because I know you have a busy schedule, but sure. before you go, is there anything else you'd like to mention? Because I know we're going to talk to some youth in a little while. Well, you know, we are very excited because what we have done over the past 10 years, we run a youth con uh, conference in conjunction with our conference. And this year, we have the biggest contingent of youth that have came here to participate in the work that we do. We have uh, 163 youth that's registered for the conference. Most of these youth have got here through scholarships that we provided through the generous uh, partners that we have, you know, that works with us throughout the labor movement and civic organizations. And, uh, you know, we feel as though the, the young people is going to have to take the mantle and continue the work that the A. Philip Randolph Institute do, and we're excited that this is our biggest uh, contingent of young people. Great. Anything else you'd like to mention before you go? No, I just want to say that, you know, I really appreciate your time. We really appreciate the Machinist Union. Uh, the Machinist Union have been partners with the A. Philip Randolph Institute for a number of years. And we really appreciate the work of Bob Martinez and the entire Machinist Union. And we look forward to a long and fruitful partnership going further.
Well, we love working with you. Thanks so much for allowing us to be here. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. So if you're just joining us, we are at the A. Philip Randolph. 50th anniversary National Education Conference, and this is going on all week. So thank you to Fred Redmond so much for stopping by, and we are actually gonna bring in one guest at a time. So thanks for being here. And we have a familiar face to bring in to you. Um, from the IAM, we have another national board member here, Jim Price. Some of you may know him as James E. Price. <laughs> junior. <laughs> on social media, junior on social media. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about the connection between the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, TCU, and IM, because we have a very fond history yes, we do. and connection with APRI, don't we? Yes, we do. And, and, and a lot of people don't realize this, but the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters was, was founded in, uh, in 1925. Uh, they merged with TCU in uh, 1978, and as well as the TCU merged with us in 2005. So the home or the organization that Asa Philip Randolph actually set up is embedded within the IM, and it runs through our organization very thick. How does that make you feel when you're sitting in those board meetings for APRI? Uh, pretty proud. Uh, when you stop and you think about the fact that, that uh, we're actually an organization that's been around for a very, very long time, and we're out here trying to make sure that we get people engaged with what's going on uh, with uh, with their communities, trying to get them engaged and get them looking forward into the 2020 uh, elections, and basically uh, bringing some uh, information back to their chapters so that they can engage their communities. It all makes a lot of a lot of difference. The big thing that I guess that I'm seeing here this this year, last year we had a hundred young people here, a hundred. That's a lot. Yeah. And there's the, even more this year? This year, there's 165 young people that are here that will be participating in this conference, and I, I'm just really excited about that. Oh, that's great. We also have about 20, 25 IAM members that are here from uh, District 751, District 837, uh, IAM headquarters, of course, the Midwest Territory. Uh, we've got some folks from the uh, East, uh, let's see. Midwest, yeah, we got Midwest reps as well. We're all very well represented here, and it's just going to be a great, a great week. And our general vice president is speaking tomorrow. Is Absolutely, that right? Steve Galloway, general vice president Steve Galloway, will be uh, welcoming the the AP, A. Philip Randolph group here in Minneapolis, which is his hometown, as a matter of fact. So we're we're just all engaged and all all gassed about this. We're ready to go. That is wonderful. So I see some youth coming in the door yeah. with uh, Fred Mason. Ah, yeah. So we are actually, we want to look forward to talking about all of what's going on with the youth. If you're just joining us, we are at the A. Philip Randolph 50th Anniversary um, ed National Education Conference. So we are going to talk to Fred very briefly, because I know every national board member here is running around. So we're going to uh, sit Fred Mason down. He's a national board member. And he is working with a lot of youth, and we're going to line up the youth, and right after you get up, we're going to have one each just come sit down and tell us who they are and, and what they're doing. So tell us, um, what's going on with the youth this week? Oh, great experience. I mean, uh, they've been coming in all morning. Uh, we've been preparing for this event, this historic event, for months. We set the record this year. We used the aim for 100 this year we have 165 young people from all over the country who are attending the A. Philip Randolph National Education Conference as we celebrate our 50th 
anniversary. Can you believe 50 years has gone by? <laughs> it passes quickly. And, uh, and it's really good because folks will come here to sort of hone their developing leadership skills. All of these folks are activists that are recommended by one of their about 110 chapters across the country by the chapter presidents, and they've done something. They've either helped make phone calls, they've helped pass out literature in their community, and, and it's just a great experience. It's been very challenging because the Institute pays for them to come here for this leadership training. So a lot of them wouldn't have been able to come without the scholarship, because I would think I did not have any money when I was a teenager, when <laughs> I was in college. Okay. And so, so uh, we find uh, in our midst a lot of folks who have never been outside of their home city, much less their home state. So now we have them, they're getting on airplanes, they're roaming in college dorm type settings with folks, uh, folks from Mississippi end up sharing experiences with folks from Los Angeles. So it's just great. And they learn from each other. And believe me, it is a very rewarding and learning experience for me to be able to interact with them. It keeps you young, doesn't it? It, it absolutely does. <laughs> Before I let you go, um, a lot of schools don't teach about unions anymore. How important is that these young people are here? Well, it's very important uh, because in the tradition of our founders, A. Philip Randolph and uh, Beard Rusting, and the Institute was founded in 1965 mainly to be a bridge between organized labor and the black community in particular, but supporting the efforts of all workers in the country in general. And that's the essence, that's the focal point of what folks will receive in the, over the course of the next three or four days. Anything else you'd like to say before you go? I just love this organization. <laughs> and I'm sure that... Uh, uh, the folks that you will interview shortly uh, will express the same kind of youth. I brought along with me two uh, relative newcomers, one who is uh, a sophomore in high school, another one in college, and another veteran, oh. a 10-year veteran. <laughs> well, let's start with the veteran. We're yeah. going to bring the veteran over uh, first, okay. okay? Yes. So we're going to switch guests right now, but... We are at the A. Philip Randolph 50th National Education Conference, and I'm going to let our young people introduce themselves and say what they're going to be doing this week. So I'll let you hold this. Who are you? Where are you from? Hello, my name is Audrey Medley, and I'm actually from Oxon Hill, Maryland. This is my 10th year at the APRI conference. I actually started at a, as a youth in 2007. <laughs> well, that was the first summer, but 2008. And um, I've been attending the conference ever since for the last that five years. That first year, what brought you here that first year? Well, my mom was just like, hey, there's this A. Philip Randolph Institute educational conference, and they're doing a youth part, and they really want to bring um, young people out to learn more about A. Philip Randolph and it's about unions and everything that he did for um, young workers and the um, sleeping car porters. And so I was just like, hey, it's something free, I can go. We actually went to Oakland and it was probably one of the best things that I've ever done. I keep coming back, so I obviously must have liked it. That's right, I was about to ask you what brought mm -hmm. you back. Um, I like the people, of course, it's one big family and then every year you're learning something new. Uh, the last five years I've been in a registration role, so I stepped 
up from the youth conference into the adult side of things. And that transition has really allowed me to learn even more about unions and what A. Philip Randolph's message was to everyone. So what are you doing this week? What's going on and what is your role this week? This week I'm just working registration, but I'll be attending the conference as actually an attendee. And I'm excited about that because normally I was working as a youth leader and being a youth leader, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that you have to do and you don't really have the time to attend some of the sessions or the um, meetings, but I'm excited to attend this year the uh, sessions and the meetings. What is your advice for the young people who have never been here before? My advice for the young people that have never been here before is keep an open mind. There are a lot of things, as you stated earlier, they don't teach about unions as much in school anymore. And this is a great conference to come and actually learn why we have the five-day work week, why we get holidays, those things like that, and how important it is to fight in a group together as union people. That's how you get the job done, is just working together as a team. And I think that the A. Philip Randolph Institute National Education Conference is a great way to bring a lot of people from all around different walks and ways of life, especially with the youth that some of them are in college, some of them are just starting high school. So it's allowing them to have a type of mentorship as well. I know Clayola Brown has always been a great mentor to me and I'm very thankful for her. So you can build those relationships this week. Just keep an open mind. Of course, there's going to be some times where you're probably not interested in the rhetoric or what they're telling you, but trust and believe that they're doing it for a reason. What are issues that are important to you? Personally? For me personally, um, right now, I definitely think that everybody should have a, the minimum wage should be rate raised up for everyone to $15. I think that's very important. There are many families out here that just cannot make it off of the salaries that they're living with. And it's very hard to see that. I know a couple of kids, I also teach dance, and um, we give, do like a free program as well for those kids, underprivileged kids, it's just because their parents cannot afford to send them to the best schools or get them the best education. And the same thing with A. Philip Randolph, this is a free, not so free, but a free opportunity for that young person to come in and get the education and training about things that they probably never Never knew existed so for me it's just making sure that everybody has equal pay wa pay wage and that we're all fighting one another to make sure that we come up with the best goals okay so I'm gonna let you introduce the next person who should we interview next we're going to interview this pretty young lady named Kia Haynes. All right. Thank you so much for being thank here. You. We're going to bring Kia over and I will let Kia introduce herself and tell us where she's from and just what it means to be here. So Kia, take it away. Hi, well, my name is Kia Haynes. I am currently a graduate student at Texas Women's University in Denton. Um, I am a May 2019 graduate of the University of Southern Mississippi, and this is actually my very first time here at this conference. What so were you studying? I studied business administration um, with emphasis in finance and management in undergrad, and so I'm currently getting my MBA in management. All right. Yes. Well, I was going to ask you, when you first graduated, what were your <laughs> prospects when you were looking out at the job market? I know you're continuing your studies, but what do you think as a young person knowing that you'll have to find a job someday? Well, um, for my last semester at USM, I actually participated in an internship with our um, with the Winston Partnership. It's an economic development entity in my hometown. And so it showed me how important workforce development, community development, you know, I want to be able to give back to my community, help build up my own community, and, you know, teach students that you don't have to go get a four-year degree to be successful. You know, teach students that, yes, there are trades like welding or, you know, um, 
electrical technology. You well, know, there's plumbing, plenty of plumbing. Yes, yeah. there's so many other options to do. Machining. I guess I should say that as a machinist, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, my God. You know, you don't have to get a four-year degree to be successful. What does this week mean to you being here? Well, you know, I'm just so excited because I know that a Philip Randolph, you know, he was a civil rights activist and he did a lot, you know, in the community and all over the United States fighting for, you know, civil rights and especially for black people and other minorities. And so, you know, just being able to learn about him and also, um, you know, having the opportunity to network with people who've been here, you know, over years, especially with it being my first time, I wasn't sure what mm -hmm. to expect, but everybody's just been so welcoming. So I'm hoping also to develop some leadership skills as well so I can apply them in my own community. So you can ask Kia as many questions as you want as the <laughs> week goes on. Pretty much. Just pull me aside and just ask, you know, or hey, I might pull a few people to the side and ask myself. How important are the scholarships that are available to let young people come here? It is so important because, you know, just flights alone can be super expensive. And so, you know, just letting so many young people have the opportunity. Um, like I said, you know, just like I'm here to learn and to network, I think it's just great. Wonderful. Anything yes. else you'd like to say? Um, I just want to thank everybody for the opportunity for being here. I'm really excited for a great week. Excellent. Thanks so much. Thank Good you. luck with everything that you do. Appreciate it. We have been talking to people here, young people um, at the A. Philip Randolph National Education Conference. It starts today. Registration is happening. Uh, people are starting to arrive. We're actually in Bloomington, Minnesota, just outside Minneapolis. Um, if you want more information on the website, you can go to APRI.org after our show but we have another young person to bring to you so we'll let you introduce yourself and just tell us what you look forward to this week good afternoon I'm Connor Goodley I'm from New Orleans Louisiana and I'm a sophomore in high school so what I want to do here is learn learn about a Philip Randolph just get more knowledgeable and get accustomed to everything that's going on because I'm really nervous right now you're fine <laughs> you look you don't look nervous I, I am very <laughs> nervous um, How my, did you hear about it this week? My grandmother and my grandfather, they're in the AFT, and they invited me to come here. Wonderful. So you just got here. It's your first time. Yes, ma'am. What do you hope to learn by the end of the week? I want to learn a lot more about A. Philip Randolph because, you know, I, I'm just new, and I haven't really heard about much. So not yeah. in school? He was never mentioned really in not school? Not really. It's usually about just regular stuff going on in class. And I want to learn more about like other things in life because a lot, a lot of the stuff that's going on in class right now is just regular standard stuff that we've been taught for like forever. Do they even mention unions? No. No. Never. See, that's, that's why we're trying to fill some of the gap here. The only thing I ever heard about unions was from my grandparents. That was wow. really it. Not even my parents really talk about it. So your grandparents, yeah, that's two generations away. Wow. So now, but you'll be able to go back after this week and tell your friends and your classmates at school what you've learned. Yes, ma'am, I will. That's a wonderful. What are your hopes and aspirations after high school? My hopes and aspirations after high school is to learn about law because I feel like some of the laws are unfair around and especially with all the stuff that's going on around right now with the past shootings and stuff and I feel like it's just taking away people and I feel like some of the laws need to be fixed and some of the laws need to be changed so that we can keep people staying alive and stuff because a lot of the stuff that's going on isn't right. That's important, keeping everyone alive. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck this week. I'm going to bring in Jim Price to introduce a very special guest. We're hoping 
we could bring in. So, Jim, I'm seeing some familiar faces in the room. Who yep, do we have we're here? seeing some familiar faces, <laughs> and we've got uh, a, a face that basically everybody should know. Uh, all right, when you hear him, you'll understand, you'll hear his voice. We actually have Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, here at uh, APRI this year, and Joe. Um, he's one of our featured yeah, speakers. Yeah, he's our right? featured speaker. He's doing a he's doing a town hall tonight, and we're going to get him in here and see if he'd like to say a few things. Yeah, maybe he could give us a preview. A of preview the town of what? Hall. Exactly, that'd be great, Joe. All right. See, we just roll with the punches here. Anybody who's in the room, we just bring him in. Thanks for being here, Joe. Hey, hey, how are you? I'll let you hold the mic. Oh, I'm doing oh, okay. All right. All right. That's our machinist union mic, you know. All right. The IAM. All right. Hey. So you you came in for this town hall tonight. What what do you hope to accomplish tonight? Well, we are interviewing Jesse Jackson's wife. Jacqueline Jackson nice. wrote her first book. Um, it is a collection of letters that she wrote to Jesse Jackson Jr. while he was wow. incarcerated. And she wrote him every single day. That is incredible. He saved all the letters. Wow. And she, she then turned the letters into a book. It is, it, it, some of it is very personal. Um, uh, some of it talks about social justice. Um, talks about, the thing I loved about the book was and I'm going to do this 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 evening as I moderate this uh, this discussion. One of the things I'm going to ask people is how many of us know someone who's in prison. Yeah. I did this at a at a previous uh, meeting. Everyone raised their hand. Yeah, whether it's a family member, a friend. That was my second question. How many of them were family members? Wow. Everyone kept their hands up. Um, and the book hit me. Because I have a, a, a nephew who's incarcerated, he's a namesake, and I didn't know how to talk to him. I didn't know what to write him about, what to talk to him about. And this book, she just, it, it is so personal. I don't think she ever thought the letters would be published. That is sometimes the best books, mm -hmm. because people don't, aren't, don't write letters thinking that the world will read them. And um, she, even letter writing in itself. In itself is, I mean, is yeah, because it's a lost art now. Yes. Everything now is what uh, one hundred and forty characters. Right, right. And she wrote him every single day. That is incredible. He saved all the letters. Wow. And she, she then turned the letters into a book. It is. It, it, some of it is very personal. Um, uh, some of it talks about social justice, um, talks about, the thing I loved about the book was, and I'm going to do this, this, this evening as I moderate this, uh, this discussion. One of the things I'm going to ask people is how many of us know someone who's in prison? Yep. I did this at a, at a previous uh, meeting. Everyone raised their hand. Yep. Whether it's a family member, a friend. That was my second question. How many of them were family members? Wow. Everyone kept their hands up. Um, and the book hit me.
because I have a, a, a nephew who's incarcerated. He's a namesake. And I didn't know how to talk to him. I didn't know what to write him about, what to talk to him about. And this book, she just, it, it is so personal. I don't think she ever thought the letters would be published. That is sometimes the best books mm -hmm. because people don't, aren't, don't write letters thinking that the world will read them. And um, she, even letter writing in itself. In itself is, I mean, yeah, because it's a lost art now. Yes. Everything now is what uh, one hundred and forty characters right, right, or whatever right. it is. And and he and sh and it, it it is it is just mind boggling the mm -hmm. things she talked about. Um, and 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 she talked about health insurance. How she and Reverend Jackson don't have health insurance. I was amazed when I heard that. And they're and how they were getting older. Uh, she talked about. She kept him informed, um, and that was one of the things she she thought was necessary because when you are incarcerated, you're sort of in a bubble, mm -hmm. and you really don't know what's going on in the outside world, and we don't think about that. And she kept him informed, kept his spirits up. That's important because I can imagine that she kept him going with she those did. letters. She did keep him going with those letters. He, when I interviewed him on the show, um, he, he also talked about uh, uh, how, uh, what, it, what was the word he used, uh, uh, objectification. Now, what that meant was that he had to keep his mind going. So when, when he would m have to mop a floor, he pretended as if he was dancing with his wife. It, 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 it's those kinds of uh, d discussions, and um, I think it's going to be fantastic. I mean, she is her own woman. I mean, Jacqueline Jackson is no shrinking violet, and most people haven't had a chance to hear her. That's true. Mo you know, she, she no, most people, and she does not play. She's been through a lot, obviously. And uh, this book, she just laid her soul out. So I'm hoping, and what we're going to do, you, I saw you interviewing all these young people, mm -hmm. so they're going to be there. Oh, good. And then Jonathan Jackson, Jesse Jr.'s brother. Mm -hmm. So he's going to also talk about from a brother's perspective. But the one thing, you know, you come out with, and, and that is, and it's just the honest truth, there's no love mm -hmm. like a mother's love. That's true. No love like a mother's love. But every day, she sent a letter every day. And he, he in the interview, he talked about how while they had mail call in the uh, prison, mm -hmm. there would be men there that wouldn't get letters. Mm. And every day, uh, Jesse Jackson, Jesse Jackson, he would always have, have a letter from wow. his uh, mother. They say um, no matter what you do, your mother will always be there to support yeah, you, no matter yeah. no matter what you've been. Well, through. I look when when I was growing up, I knew that from my grandmother who reared me, my grandparents. Now my grandfather was different. Mm -hmm. Boy, you get elected. I mean, you get elected. You get arrested. Mm -hmm. uh, I ain't coming to get you. Wow, <laughs> that, that was tough love. That, that was, was tough, tough love. love. And he'd be the first to come. <laughs> and to be honest, to be honest with you. But okay. uh, yeah, that's what we're gonna do this nice. evening. But I've I've been coming to the A. Philip Randolph uh, conferences for, for years and um, I wouldn't dare say no to A. Philip Randolph conference and or Kayola Brown. 
she 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 calls you answer well we appreciate you being here oh I no i'm looking forward Clay to it. appreciate you being there and we'll be there tonight oh you'll you'll um, trust me you'll uh looking forward to it this will be fascinating great yeah. well thanks so much for stopping by oh, we appreciate my, it my pleasure thanks for doing this this is interesting clear look at this look at you that. know this is this is really great <laughs> we're trying Good to get the word you. out to the people Good. all the union members out oh there lord knows we got to get the word out because it's crazy out there now i mean that tucker carlson thing that he oh. said that there's no such that white supremacy is a hoax. I mean, Martin Luther King said something, and it's one of my favorite quotes, and it's not, I have a dream. He said the two most dangerous things on the planet, sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. And let me tell you, when it's caught in the same, both are in the same person, we are, in, I mean, he just emboldened white supremacists. It's not a hoax. Yeah, we have to make sure that oh, our yeah. voices are heard loud and clear. And get your butts out That's to right. vote. That's right. And we have a lot of these young people who are just turning 18. Th that's right. Some new voters out there. They, so. they got to go vote. Everybody's got to go vote. We have to. Yeah. So. Hey, thanks for letting me come by. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it. Well, we just heard from Joe Madison here on Activate Live. So we are actually going to continue with a few things before we go, but we want you first to join the conversation. Okay, let us know if you are an APRI member. If you are a member of the A. Philip Randolph Institute, are you, have you been to one of the national education conferences before? Comment now to activate your voice on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. You can even use live chat on YouTube, even if you're watching the replay. Now we have some other things going on this week as well. Also starting this week is the Asian Pacific American Labor Alliance's conference. Their theme is Rights Under Attack, Rising Up, Fighting Back. You can get more information on the website, apollonet.org. That's the 15th biennial convention taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we'd like to give them a shout out as they begin tomorrow. We wish them the best of luck. We have some anniversaries coming up. Happy birthday or happy anniversary to one of our own, chartered on August 7th, 1913 in Cleveland, Ohio, IAM District 54 turns 106 years old today. The district services more than 14,000 active and retired members and oversees 16 affiliated local lodges throughout Ohio, West Virginia, and Northeastern Indiana. While Elizabeth Gurley Flynn was born on this day in Concord, New Hampshire, Flynn was a labor leader, often called the Rebel Girl. She was an activist and a feminist who played a leading role in the Industrial Workers of the World, IWW, the Wobblies. Flynn was a founding member of the American Civil Liberties Union and fought for women's rights and women's suffrage. And on August 7, 1978, then-President Jimmy Carter declared that the Love Canal toxic dump disaster posed a federal health emergency. The presidential directive marked the first time that federal emergency funds were used in a situation other than a natural disaster. So residents had spoken out and fought back about illness near the abandoned canal in Niagara Falls, New York, and it showed how a community could come together to make their voices heard. Well, we remember author Toni Morrison, who passed away Monday at the age of 88. She once said, I tell my students when you get these jobs that you have been so brilliantly trained for, just remember that your real job is that if you are free, you need to free somebody else. If you have some power, then your job is to empower somebody else. And this is not just a grab bag candy game. You may have been seeing posts all across social media with uh, Toni Morrison quotes because she had such an impact on so many lives. 
Well, we have an exciting show for you next week, so make sure that you stay tuned. It will be the third edition of Activite Latino, our Spanish show, all in Spanish. Edmundo Osorio will host on August 14th, and he will try to bring you a remote interview previewing the Lachlan National Convention. That will be taking place in Philadelphia, August 15th to the 17th. So we are so excited about this show next week. Um, spread the word to anybody who speaks Spanish that Activité Latino is next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific time. And if you like what you've seen and heard today, please share this video, and we thank all of you who already do. We'll see you next Wednesday, or at least Edmundo will. We'll be there, too.